SRT gang, what is going on everybody? Welcome to my first ever live stream. Why am I doing a live stream? Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure for those who've been around for, you know, since the beginning, I've been kind of inactive for the most part, the past, you know, year, year and a half or so. And to be honest with you guys, you know, it always kind of felt odd to me or uncomfortable to me to um, post videos about myself or about my car. Um, you know, I my original intent when I started doing videos was to, I guess, put up content that was helpful to people or useful to people, you know, how to's or reviews or whatever, uh, you know, to, to, to bring some kind of meaning or something useful to, uh, to the, the viewers, the community. Um, and it always felt kind of self-absorbed to think that people cared about, uh, videos about me and what I'm doing with my car. And, uh, but that's just kind of what, you know, the car YouTube thing has, you know, kind of been about. And so I kind of just moved along with that and, um, you know, tried to follow along, but it never really felt comfortable for me. So over the, um, over the course of the past, I'd say, you know, a couple of years, I've, I've had opportunities thanks to YouTube and social media and stuff to, to meet and talk to and hang out with some really great people. And the cool thing about it is, is these people know a lot more than I do. They know about more things than I do, other stuff that I don't know about. They have cooler stuff they do, cooler stuff they play with uh, than just me and my cars. And ultimately, I'm sure if you guys are here, you're like me and you know, you, you really just like hanging out, talking to people about cars. And uh, you know, some people think we're annoying when we just always wanna talk about cars or whatever. And so I got to thinking like, how can I still make useful videos um, to, I guess, um, provide some kind of meaningful content, right? So I know this sounds odd and it's very off, to off topic, but you know, probably, I don't know, four or five months ago, you know, Big Mike, y'all know Big Mike. Um, he started talking about stocks and getting involved in stocks and, you know, crypto and all that stuff. And I knew really nothing about it. And so I ended up finding, you know, in trying to learn about it, I ended up finding these, you know, a few guys that um, stream videos about stocks, right? Stock market and that kind of stuff. And they cover different kinds of stocks and they do a lot of teaching and, um, you know, one of them is, uh, if you guys have any interest in stocks, uh, one of them's channel name is Tar Heel Blue, and one of them is Coach B Stocks, right? So they get on and they stream every day um, about stocks. And, you know, they, there's this whole group of people that sit there and watch them all day long, and everybody's hanging out and learning and um, um, having fun, being a community, and they bring guests on to help you know, teach other things. And I thought it was a really cool concept. And I was like, you know, I have these people that I think, uh, you know, other people would love to hear about. So that is what kind of sparked the idea to, hey, I should live stream and start bringing on some of these people I know and let them talk about the cool stuff they know and the cool stuff they do, instead of you guys just having to listen to me about it and see what I'm doing with my stupid cars, right? Uh, which ultimately, you know, can get old and, you know, it's hard to compete some with the stuff that's out there, you know, with Street Speed 717 jumping Lamborghinis off dirt ramps and whistling diesel, 
you know, dropping, you know, pickup trucks out of helicopters and, you know, um, it, it, it's hard to hang with that. And I never really was that great at it to begin with. So I figured, um, you know, this might be a cool way after watching, you know, Tar Heel and uh, Coach B do do this thing with stocks and, and how they've built it. I was like, man, I think I can maybe try to do that with cars. And I think I would enjoy it more and the people would enjoy it more than what I've been doing. So that's how we got to where we're at now. I'm going to be doing more of these. I've been talking to, a, you know, a whole host of people that have agreed to come on. Uh, you know, Kevin Wesley, if you don't know who he is. He drives the Pikes Peak uh, Red Eye um travis mcnutt from you know all the ceramic pro stuff that you've seen on the channel before all kinds of people so we got i don't want to give too much away but we got some cool people that'll be coming up and my goal is to try to do this once a week so it just so happened that we had the perfect opportunity um come up recently with a fellow named david davies and i'm going to bring him on in just a second and and um let him kind of fill us in and share what he knows and what he's gone through in his journey. And um, you guys just hang out and, you know, join in the conversation in, in the chat box over here, uh, which I'm going to run through real quick. Uh, what's up, Reef, Java Beans, Gregory Smith. Uh, Tar hey, Tar Heel's in here. What's up, Tar Heel? We got Josh, um, your used SRT. Uh, what do you know about Ripatune stuff? Uh, you know, I don't know if that's something we'll talk about in this video, but you know, he puts out a lot of products and a lot of people use them. So um, anyways, don't want to delay it anymore because I'm sure David Davies has a lot to say and a lot of cool information to store. So or a lot of cool information to share. Um, and so I'm going to bring him on and we're, we're just chatting. And if you guys have questions for him or me, you know, throw them up in the, the chat box. We'll do our best to answer them. Uh, hit the like button, uh, of course, and uh, if you're not subscribed already, do that. And so uh, I'm going to bring Dave in now. And David, can you hear me, buddy? I can. I can. All right. Right on. Welcome to uh, the first ever live stream. I appreciate you coming on. Awesome East Coast Mopart shirt. Uh, per perfect shirt. Oh yeah, there you go. Right. Perfect shirt. Gotta fly the flag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tar Heel, dude, man. Um, man, I, I don't know. I don't know why you just did that, buddy. Uh, Tar Heel just, <laughs> just sent $9.99. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, David, uh, to fill the people in a little bit, uh, you and I first became acquainted when, of course, I got my demon and you got your demon um i I'd, I'd say it's pretty safe to say that a lot of the demon owners you know we're a pretty close community a lot of people talked and stuff because it was definitely a, a unique experience for everybody and um so that's when we first uh you know first got to know each other some and prior to that i don't know a whole lot about where you got where you came from to get to buying the demon and then obviously i know some since then and um now, obviously, you're driving a brand new drag pack in the NHRA factory stock class. So some people that are watching this probably are going to be familiar with, with, with some of that stuff and what the factory stock class is, and some may not. And uh, so I guess start wherever you think makes sense. I mean, um, you know, I guess let, let's just start with 
you know, your entry into racing, maybe with, with the demon or leading up to the demon. And, you know, we'll just see, see what we can learn. Okay. Well, we, uh, I, I got into racing many, many, many years ago. Um, a little super gas, a little street racing, nothing real, you know, structured, nothing, nothing, um, uh, uh, as regular as I, as we've been doing for the last four or five years now. Um, the demon really caused that structure to happen. Uh, we knew what the demon was when we ordered it. We knew what the demon was when it was coming out, and I knew what I wanted to do with it. I ordered the demon to race. I didn't order the demon to be bubble wrapped. I didn't order it to do anything other than race. And my goal was to run the demon the way it was delivered in its stock form, right? I didn't want to tune it. Didn't want to do anything else. I was planning on running it in its stock form. So before um, you before you keep going there. For those who don't know, who, who weren't close to the demon community, there was a whole group of people um, who from day one got their demons and said, we're leaving them stock and our goal is to meet or beat what Leah Pritchett ran in the Dodge Demon with the time that, um, that Dodge published as to what the car could do. So right. um, you're not the only one, like you weren't some weirdo that just said, I'm gonna leave my car stock. There was. And I've said it before, you know, there's definitely merit to seeing how, you know, what you can do with a car, just exactly how it came. And yep. just as much merit as, hey, how much can I mess up this car and, and try to go faster? So you were part of that community that said, hey, let's go see what we can do to, you know, prove all the naysayers wrong that said the demon will never run what Leah Pritchett ran in it. Right. And, um, right. We did that. There was there's a handful of us uh, um, that decided to leave them stock. There was rules slowly started to get formed up. I mean, we ran with the modern street hemi shootout guys from pretty much day one with the car. Um, we ran with the uh, uh, Tim Godby and the Legion of Demons, uh, his group. It's all kind of an intermixed of the same group. We, we attended both types of events. We took the car to events all over the country. We didn't make it as far left as California but we pretty much hit most everything else and a lot of things east of the Mississippi. And we ran that car as it was delivered from the factory, pretty much. We didn't take the bumper supports out. I ran I ran the stock wheels. I didn't go to smaller wheels and that's what we wanted to do. That's what we decided to do. Um, I still have the car. I'm never gonna get rid of the car. It's got 1,900 miles on it. Wow. Um, that's all, and everybody knows the first 500 is the break-in period and the rest of it is all quarter mile at a time. It's probably got 50 street miles on it over and above the break-in. So it's been it's been a drag car. It's been a race car. That's what it, that's what we got it for. That's what we did with it. And we'll continue to run it. It's in semi, semi-retirement right now because we got a new toy to play with, right? Yep. So we picked up um, in 2019 when Dodge announced the new drag pack at SEMA. That is immediately what we were waiting for, what I was waiting for. Um, I knew we wanted to make a step up. We wanted, we were either going to build a car or we were going to get a car. That was the plan. Um, so when they announced the car in 2019, we immediately started bugging Dodge and making sure that they realized we wanted one. Um, and then like everybody else's plans, the, the car got delayed, 2020 hit, and everything got slowed down. But we've had the car, uh, we got our drag pack about three months ago now. So when um, you went to are, order the drag pack, did you yeah. did you plan on at that point? I'm gonna I'm gonna order a drag pack and I'm gonna go run factory stock and yep. HRA. 
Okay, cool. That is exactly what, that's a good point, Todd. I'm glad you brought that. That's exactly what we wanted to do. I wanted to run NHRA factory stock. And the reason I wanted to run NHRA factory stock is because that class is one fantastic bridge between the sportsman class and the pro class. Mm -hmm. It's such a good bridge that NHRA doesn't know what to call it. <laughs> right, right. One day they call, one day they line us up with the pros, they, and one day they line us up with the sportsman class. They don't know what it is. They know it's a good bridge. The car is a good bridge. The speeds that it runs are a good bridge. The technology is a good bridge. It's it is a it is an excellent bridge, and that's why I wanted to that's why I wanted to do it. It's a fun class. The cars are recognizable. Everybody knows what they're looking at. The fans like it. It's a good group of drivers. But that's exactly what we wanted to do. We know there's other we could run NMCA if we wanted to, and we will run some of those events. But there's no no debating that, and we'll take the car into other events with it. But the core reason for getting the car was to run in factory stock. Absolutely. And, and so for for anybody who might not be familiar, you know, the factory stock class is essentially, um, you know, the Copo Camaro, the, right. Cobra, the Cobra Jet Mustang and the Drag yep. Pack and they're factory produced race cars. So in a sense, the Drag Pack is very similar to the Demon, um, yep. but they don't have VINs, they're not street legal. And, uh, you know, they, they do have some other things, which I would love, you know, uh, here in a bit for you to fill us in on some of the details of that. But I, I think that's what you're saying. It's a it's a great bridge. And, and I think maybe, um, you know, another way of explaining that is it, it's a factory produced car that you can go buy, you know, um, that you can buy. And, and there's, you know, to some degree, not a ton of guesswork you can you can buy the car and then you have a class already made that's already set up for you to compete in and yep. um it's because uh, i'm sure to some degree trying to navigate um you know from from grassroots all the way up into the nhra and all the different classes they have in there and you got something as wild as top fuel you know millions and millions and millions of dollars of you know operating budget to to get through on uh, a season, you know, this is kind of a stepping stone, I think, that is um, r something that people aren't going to be too intimidated by. Um, so I think it's a great class. I'm glad that it exists uh, because I think it's, you know, it's a great way to, to kind of, you know, link the, you know, the pros with the crazy, you know, in all the crazy classes like Top Fuel and then the grassroots guys um and, and kind of like you said bridge that gap sort of yeah it is it, it it fits it fits in there nicely it doesn't cost it doesn't cost a million dollars to to run in the class there's 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 factory teams there's large teams that are running in the class as a secondary car there's there's large teams that are running as the primary car um it uh it doesn't cost as much as everybody would think it costs to make the car work in that class off the trailer the drag pack the 21 drag pack will run low eights off the trailer without doing anything to the car now low eights ain't going to do anything in factory stock a couple of years ago low eights <laughs> off the trailer all right yeah. with the factory tune which is very lopy and very idly it, it limps along it's just a shipping tune without in Michigan, take it home, take it to the track. You're going to run 8.5 to 8.1, 8.2 pretty, pretty regularly. It takes some getting used to just like any other car. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. So, in, in a couple of years um, ago, a low but it eight. Will run. It'll, and it'll run that fine. Like, yeah. A couple of years ago, a low eight was, you know, where, uh, where, where the factory stock class was. Um, you know, and, you know, the drag pack, I think, was the first factory Hang on, stock. Todd, I'm not sure if I lost you or not. Oh, uh oh. We're, we're getting technical difficulties. All right. Uh, he'll call right back. Um, I, I do see your guys' comments here. Um, just another mic, drag van. I've, I've starred them. Um, I don't want to interrupt David here while he's talking, so I'm just waiting for the uh, right place to add him in. There. Hey, welcome back there. So, also, for those who don't know, David is actually at a race right now, trackside. Right. So, um, you know, working from the, uh, the RV here. Yeah, we're at Topeka right now. We got in this afternoon. Uh, we'll make our first qualifying pass sometime tomorrow afternoon, like I think at five o'clock or something like that. The schedule normally shifts around a little bit, so um, we're in Topeka for the uh, for the event this weekend. Absolutely. So, um, you know, you were saying a second ago the off the trailer you could run low eights. You know, if you got a bad track, you know, a lot bad bad air, you know, mid eights or whatever, and. You know, a couple of years ago, the the factory stock class—that's where they were in the low eights. And right. uh, I think Blackbird was the was Blackbird the first one to run into the sevens with it. Um, either either he was or Leah was. I forget exactly who it was, but based on what's happened to me over the last couple of days, I'm just going to say it was Leah. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, and, and so you have a production car, and, and that's again the the great thing about this class in these cars, Copo um and the cobra jet uh and, and the drag pack is um you have a car that's i mean it's a full-blown race car i mean that's fast you know uh, a eight flat or a seven nine i mean that's that's brutal um yep. and drag van said here how close are the times between all three brands and um you know realistic yeah i mean I, I would say they're all within um you know, uh, you know, one or two tenths of each other on any given race, you know? Yep. And yep. Um, it's a very, it's a very competitive class. Um, um, and they try and keep it that way, right? There's things they can do to the cars to keep them competitive. And everybody squawks about pulley changes and giving somebody a, an unfavorable advantage. That's racing, right? If you got three different types of cars, you're bound to have three different opinions, mm -hmm. right? It's okay. Yep. That's part of the game. But everybody's got to remember. This class cannot breach seven five, right? Really, this I actually didn't designed, know. That. This class is designed to run no faster than seven five. The cage, the cars, the cage, the safety equipment in the car is rated to that speed based mm -hmm. on the weight of the cars. Gotcha. So, if there's adjustments because one type of car is getting too fast, or or if there's rule changes that have to happen, that's all in the spirit of keeping the cars in that band of safety as well as in that band of competitiveness it's easy to complain about the copos getting an advantage or the drag packs getting an advantage or the or the or the cobra jets getting an advantage but most of the time that advantage that you're thinking you're that somebody else is getting is based on the safety issue that's really what it boils down to right right and there's been you know debates for years and internet uh, internet debates for years about you know the the three domestic brands uh yep. know, getting a leg up and advantages and handicaps and all that stuff been you know realistically though there's some pretty strict guidelines that the cars have to uh fall into to be eligible to run in that class 
and we got disconnected from them again so hang on one second there we go we got we got that race we got that racetrack Wi-Fi going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're struggling, but we'll we'll keep it going. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. Um, yeah. So you guys have. I mean, the the factory stock class has a lot of rules and guidelines that that do level yep. the playing field. You can't just go out and you know throw nitrous on it or um, nope. you know something crazy. You know, there's there's um, you know cubic inch limits. There's you know blower or guidelines. There's blower guidelines. There's uh, I'm sure wheel and tire guidelines, weight guidelines, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's probably as a, even as a playing field as you can get, I would say, um, and, yep. and, and being fair with, with everybody involved. So um, uh, walk us through a little bit, I guess, what are some of the options um, when, when you go to order the car, um, what, what are your options to, to spec a car out like that, at least with the one you ordered that, you know, how they're doing it now. Well, basically you got to choose what type of wheel you wanted, what type of seat you wanted, and what type of color. And there was a graphics package as well. There's a couple different graphics packages, but I ordered a black car because every car I own is black. And I ordered the seats that I wanted and I ordered the weld rims and that's it. Everything else is the powertrain, the engine, the blower, the cage, all the safety gear. It is what it is. Right. So it comes, you know, right, pretty much ready to go with, uh, you know, wheelie bars, a full cage, you know, yep. a, a full tire package on it. You got all yep. black, um, which yep. is, you know, looks really evil. Um, and the way they got the suspension, we were talking about this uh, over text message, the way they got the suspension set up on these is beautiful. I mean, I mean, the, the, the stance on it is sexy and, and they look good. It, lo it looks amazing in black. Um, and again, for those who don't know, uh, you know, this is the same exact car, different color, uh, as, as what, you know, Leah Pritchett's running and, and Mark, um, right. is there any other drag pack, uh, drivers this year? Uh, there's a couple, um, I'm going to lose the names and they're going to be aggravated with me, but there is at least one other one, uh, maybe two here they're, they're, they're 15 models. Okay. Yeah. So, and I know uh, there's nobody else here that's nobody else here. It's got a 21 Leah's car is uh leah's car is basically a 21 and, and then my car yeah and and so here's the other thing too um which we can get into more in a few minutes here uh but some people don't run the whole season you know um, right. for a variety of reasons so you might see uh you know let's say uh there's um uh wendy let me see here wendy uh hey wendy we got Kath. She says Catherine. Yeah, uh, they Catherine. Uh, they just picked up their car last couple days. Um, there's um, there's a handful of other ones that have been delivered. I was talking about cars that were actually here in Topeka. So yeah. Um. So you might have four drag packs at, at one race, and then only two at the next race. Um, right. You know because you can just run one race and I'm sure there's a whole host of reasons why you may find out why you know that happens um but all right so you got limited specs when you order it and um um you know you take delivery and you said uh that running it off the trailer isn't going to cut it um 
So what do you do after, I mean, what, what's next after that? I mean, if it's going to run a low eight and you're trying to be competitive and, you know, get a seven, nine, seven, eight, you know, seven, seven, um, what, what, where do you go next? What do you do? Like, what's the, um, I, I guess the steps you're going to go through there to take it from and, and keep within the guidelines of the class, um, right. without, without giving away, you know, your, your team's secrets here, like oh, overall in general, what, what happens next? What do you do? At that point, with this car, it's about the tune and it's about the weight. Mm -hmm. That's about that's it. It's a new platform, right? right? It's not the 2015 car. It's got a different suspension. It's got a different cage. It's still just a 2021 all sheet metal, 100% narrow body Hellcat, straight from Brampton, that went to Chuck Watson's team out in uh, Michigan to get set up the way that Dodge told them to build it. Right, so right. That's... it's got a new cage. It's got a new cage. It's got a new uh, nine-inch. It's got a new four-link in the back. It's got new suspension parts from uh, from Bill Stein, from Kevin Wesley, and his guys over at Wesley Motorsports. It's a new platform. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like any car, like the Demons back in the day, man, the first thing you guys did, or the first thing we all did, was find out how to move weight around to get the car to perform better. Yeah. Right. That's nothing new. They've been doing that since the second Model T rolled off the assembly line. Right. <laughs> That's nothing new. <laughs> All right, so it's about the tune because it is just a shipping tune. It's just a lopey tune to get the car out of the factory, onto the trailer and get it home. It's not ideal for, for racing. So you have to get the car set up for your tune and then figure out how to move weight around to make the suspension do what you want it to do. Right. That's kind of the magic sauce, right? You got to get it the way you want it. And you have to take the lessons learned from previous generations and look at them and see if they'll apply. You can't just do the same thing that Mark Powick did to his 2015 model as he puts together his 2021 model because it's a different car. Yeah, take a little bit different There's approach. There's things that are going to be different, right? Yeah. Um, so Cranman says, uh, what times are expected after you, you start tuning on it? I mean, I, I would assume, you know, you're, you're trying to get, you know, seven, nine and below probably. I mean, is that probably Absolutely. The, yeah. Absolutely. Without, 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 you know, without spilling beans, you've got to be, if you're not running below eight, you're probably not qualified. Right. Right. Now in Denver, that's different, right? At altitude and it's very hot here and it's very humid. So we might get low eights to qualify uh, this weekend, but I'd be really surprised if it, if, if a, if a low eight qualified this weekend. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, you know, to that point, I've, I've seen some of the drag pack cars run in Tennessee heat in the middle of summer, you know, 98 degrees out with 80% humidity and, you know, they're running eight fours and eight fives and the weekend before whatever race they were at, you know, two weeks ago, they were running, you know, uh, Blackbird was running a seven, nine and he comes to right. Kentucky and runs an eight five. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'm sure, I mean, but the, the fortunate thing about that is, Everybody is battling that same battle with you, so you're still on yes. that level playing field. Still on the yes. Playing we don't field. have. There's no killer chiller in this car, man. So we don't have the air conditioning blowing in with the intake where we like it, right? So right. Yeah. We got an ice box, old school ice box, but we don't have that killer chiller running. You uh -huh. know? Yeah. So, um, would you? I guess. What? What? How would you classify Watson Racing? I mean. They're the ones who are, are, I guess, taking what is basically a roller, right, with a motor in it yep. and 
outfitting the cage and and some of the other race spec stuff um that i guess you know dodge says here's the plans for the cage or works with them to come up with the plans for the cage so every drag pack leaves dodge and goes to watson racing where they i guess i guess kind of finish putting it together finish building it yep they're building the car the way dodge asked them to build the car Mm -hmm. simple as that are there things Chuck's team would do differently if they were building the car to spec on their own. Um, sure. Yeah. There's things you would do different. There's things I would do different. We could argue, we'd, we'd have beers over this for the next eight months. We'd right. never get anything done, right? So, but they're building the car. They were, they, they took an order from Dodge to build 50 cars this way. This is the way they're building, right? So they do a great job. They have an excellent fab shop. Chuck's team out there is doing a is doing fantastic work putting these cars these cars together they're supporting uh uh, dennis chase running with them um uh they're doing a lot of work with him to get his car and to run his car in nmca classes he had car number three my car is number 15. we all know that early adopters take it on the chin we've got to figure it out right there's no rule book to these new platforms we've done this before with the demon right we know what that's like Mm -hmm. um so uh, there were, uh, Dennis is working really closely with Chuck and his team at, at Watson Engineering. Watson by itself is, everybody thinks about him as a Cobra Jet shop, right? That's what they are at their core, but they're really a race shop, right? right. So they've got a good group of guys out there. They're, 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 I, Chuck won the uh, NHRA event at Norwalk, which was fantastic to see. I was there to watch him do it. It was, it was a, it was a, it was, it was good to see that. It really meant a lot to him, and it was good to see the team get excited about winning that. They run a lot more NMCA than they do NHRA events. That's what they decide to do. Nothing wrong with it. It just is what it is. Um, but they do excellent work. I, we got to see the whole factory from them putting the cage together. They back half the car. They put the waterfall in there. They put the cage in. They do the nine link. They do the whole thing, and they do an, they do an excellent job there. Right. Um so uh we got cranman asked can you add a killer chiller to that but i don't think you can can you they, they wouldn't allow that you can do you can do whatever you want to the car but you can't do that with nhra or an mca spec right somebody at some point's going to you know that as well as i do right but, right <laughs> but, but they but, wouldn't uh, be able to not compete. In the rule book. you can run you can run the ice chiller but that's all you can run gotcha yeah so i mean realistically yeah. you know if someone bought a, a drag pack you don't have to go run it in one of the factory stock classes. You could buy it and do whatever you wanted with it and go to the local testing tune or go run modern street Hemi shootout or whatever it is. Um, But the purpose, I guess you could say that the car was built for is to compete in this class. Um, Right. And do you know how many cars they they built of the, the new one? They're supposed to build 50. I'm not sure what order they're delivered up to, 38, 39. They're getting close to having them done. They were trying to do, um, I think Chuck told me they were trying to deliver three a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're they're trying to crank them out. So is your um, tuner, is that is that whole him working, is that a hush-hush or is that public knowledge? Like who it is or, or what they're doing? Uh, no, who it is and, and through who they're working for. I don't know if that was... No, they're up. They... Um, that was, uh, I think, uh, we announced that yesterday officially with a press release that I'm I'm running with uh, Schumacher Racing with DSR. So AJ and Kevin, AJ Berg and Kevin Helms are, are working on the car. Matter of fact, uh, I, that's why I was a couple minutes late. We were 
we were in the in the trailer looking at the car and tweaking some stuff and putting the plan together for tomorrow. So that's we're um we're gonna run with them for the rest of the season. We're gonna put a try and put a multi-year agreement in place this year for this car. In my mind, anyway, and I don't care. I don't know what anybody else was thinking, but this year, in my mind, for this car was a testing year. Right. We're going to get better. We're going to get better at every event. We're going to get quicker. We're going to get faster. But we plan on we plan on getting this car through its paces this year and really putting the screws to it next year. Next year is going to be very interesting. There's going to be a handful of cars out there. We're going to have six, eight months worth of knowledge behind us. And and Todd, you remember what that was like? I mean, the first six months with the Demon. I mean, we're all figuring stuff out, right? It's yeah. a new platform, any new car, right? It took, you know, what? It took us six, seven months to breach 10 seconds. It took us another six months to get these cars down into the into the mid to low, in the mid to high nine seconds before, right? So it's the same type of thing. It's a whole new platform. The suspension on these cars is key. The weight on these cars, not... Uh oh we might have lost him again. Hang on, he'll buzz back here in a second, I think. Um, I think we lost you. Yeah, he'll buzz back in here. While we're waiting for that, Travis, what's the difference in the super stock versus the drag packs? Uh, we'll get to that in just one second here. All right, we're back, we're back. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, no problem, yeah, no problem. Um, so, okay, so in case anybody kind of just got lost in that, AJ, um, also known as Hemi Tuner, has been, you know, right. one, of the, one of the main tuners of the SRT platform, uh, aftermarket tuners, you know, since the early days, since the, you know, the 6.1 liter SRT8s. Um, yep. And, you know, he's done a ton of, of you know, aftermarket cars and, um, he was out of the, he kind of vanished for a little while um around when the hellcats came out and then he you know popped back in uh after you know a couple years and I, I from what i heard i thought i heard uh he was working on a with a team uh, on a race team somewhere and that took him away from you know being hemi tuner um but he is uh the guy's a wizard um for sure and so now he's working for dsr um so there's probably not a whole lot of tuners out there, you know, Brian at Diablo Sport, you know, Tim Barth, AJ. Yep. Um, probably not a lot of people out there that know more than than those guys. Um, so uh, you That's know, true. to see him on there, just and seeing what he can do with it is is going to be in, uh, really neat to see. Um, what transmission are you guys running in these things? Uh, Turbo 400. So it's kind of funny. You could sit back and look at this car and go, it's got a Hemi up front. It's got a GM in the middle and it's got a Ford nine inch. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of ironic, but in the reason they do that is once again, we're back to reliability and safety. Mm -hmm. All right. You know what happened to my, my rear end with my demon in, in Maryland. I left it all over scattered all over the place there. Right. We've all been through when you start running these cars hard, you need some reliability and you need something you can quickly fix and repair even track side and something that's dependable. And the, the, the 400 transmission is SFI rated without reinventing the wheel. There's no reason to go out and get and have Dodge make a new transmission. This is the one everybody uses. We have to shift it manually. It's a three speed. It's it, it, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. There's really no reason to go out and reinvent that, right? So that's 
it's kind of why it's there. Yep. So we got Travis, what's the difference in a super stock versus drag pack? Um, you know, the super oh, I have <laughs> Yo, you have a super stock. Yeah, I have a super stock too. That's uh, kind of my daily right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so, you know, you have a direct comparison. So uh, Phil Travis in, I guess, on, uh, on from your perspective, you know, between the two. The super stock is a baby demon. 100% full stop. Dodge said they would never build another demon and the demon clocked in at 808 horsepower and 840 when you put it in the high octane mode and the super stock does not have high octane mode and it clocks in at 807 horsepower. That is it. It is fundamentally a demon. It's got the big wide nittos on it. It sounds like a demon. It feels like a demon. It doesn't go quite as fast as a demon, but that's, it's a road, it's a, it's a hell of a good bracket car. I mean, with a sandwich in your hand, that that super stock will do 1001, 10.03, 10.04, 10.03, 10.04 all night long at the racetrack. It's a it's a really good bracket car for a 10 second bracket car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a street it's a street car, right? It's got an independent rear suspension. It's got the same diff that the Demon has in it and all that other stuff. Um, uh, and the drag pack doesn't have a VIN number, and you know, theoretically, you're not supposed to have it on the street. Right, but. We're not going to tell anybody. <laughs> no, I can neither confirm nor deny that, that my car may have, you know, been on a street. Or yeah. So, um, you know, I'm going to go back up for a, a second here to something um, Mike asked earlier. Um, you know, there, there's a variety of, oh, I can't find the name. Oh, here we go. There's a variety of classes. Um, and like you said, this year you're, you're running in the NHRA uh, at the at the races, but not so much to compete. You know, you're not trying to win. You know, you're not trying to win any any medals or trophies or, or money. Um, but you know, how does the purse work on something like the factory stock class with um, in, you know in the NHRA? We, um, my company, Constant Aviation, actually just this year took over as the title sponsor for the factory stock showdown. It's the constant aviation factory stock showdown. That's a whole nother video call. We can talk about how that happened. It was an amazing stroke of luck and then we were in the right place at the right time. And maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. But what we did this year that's been different than other years is we don't just pay first place and the runner up. We also pay into the semis, right? We made some rule changes. We put a little more money into the class. We put a little more money into the purse. Not a lot, but semis get paid now too, not just the not just the, the winner and the runner-up. And we also put a bounty in place. So the winner of the previous event goes into the next event with a thousand dollar bounty on his head during eliminations. His or her head, excuse me. Let me right. make sure I get that right. Right. So the winner of the previous event is coming into Topeka. Uh, with a thousand dollar bounty on their head and if whoever knocks that person out in the eliminations gets that thousand dollars whether they win the event or not oh wow right side side money right side pot for your poker guys so if the same guy or gal wins multiple events in a row the the the, the, the bounty carries over so last year as an example with aaron stanfield winning everything that happened under the sun last year four or five of them in a row that would have turned the factory stock showdown class 
into a six or seven thousand dollar prize purse which almost rivals what some of the top fuel in the nitro guys are, and gals are, are going after right you don't really go into this into the nhra uh there's ways to make more money racing the same car you go, you go into the nhra to run against some of the best technology and the best drivers and the best people you don't really go into it looking for a huge payday i mean it's not outlaws you know we're, we were building an outlaw car that i put on hold you really want to go make some cash you got to build an outlaw car and go run an in those races right that's where you make the cash right I, and i would think um you know <clears throat> there there's probably um i guess maybe in theory you know you could you know secure sponsorships um yep. for your car or, or yourself or your driver and then i don't know does anybody um you know you know let's say you were to approach uh say i don't know pepsi um or rockstar let's say rockstar energy drinks y'all send me some drinks um and say hey you guys want to be a, a sponsor for for my car and they say sure here's a hundred grand and you only use 75 of it and i mean do people get to you know ever get any extra from sponsorships to where that's part of their salary i mean because some people uh you know their career or their job and their income is you know racing in the nhra or racing and yep. I, mean, I would assume that for some people they have to get you know an income from doing it yes there is a small number of people that race in the nhra that make their living off of racing in the nhra and that's primarily through sponsorships just like you said right there is another group of people that get their racing paid for right but they still but they still have a full-time job i still have a full-time job i don't have any large sponsors right now but they still work full-time but they can race because they're they have sponsors that kind of pay for the racing yeah. right and that's the majority of the people that are running that's the majority of the people that run at nmca that's the majority of the people that run at nhra is are the people that still work full-time still have a full-time hustle but they're do, but they have some sponsorships that allow them to at least offset, if not pay for, their racing problem, right? That's right, really, right. That's really, what it boils down to. Which really, I mean, I think, I mean, is really a, a nice setup because if you think about it, like, you know, to to be able to, you know, if you take the cost of the car out of it, um, because you know, at that point, you know, the car costs what it costs, and. But to be able to go do this stuff and, you know, it would it it would be pretty ideal if you can at least pay for itself. You know, if the habit can pay for itself so it's not yep. costing you anything yep. out of pocket or if you're, you know, if you got a family or, a, you know, husband or wife or kids or whatever, um, it's not financially affecting you. So, I mean, realistically, I think, you know, if, if someone can get their season paid for um, it is really a, a great way to go about it and, and to look at it. Um, yep. So I got a couple of videos clips here that you sent me. I'm going to attempt to try to play them. Um, I haven't tried this live yet, so bear with me for one second. And um, let me see if I can make this work. And maybe we can pull some of them up and see if you can. Uh... All right, let's see here. So there is the bad boy in action. 
And now I have zero idea uh, how to close this. Great. Hang on one second. I'm an idiot. Oh, back to here. There we go. There we go. So um, let me get another one pulled up here just to give the, the people some, some, some nice audio and visual candy here to check out. I, I like, uh, I think this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See that thing, that, that thing's just nasty. If you don't think that car, <laughs> if you don't think that car is sexy, uh, something's wrong with you. Something is wrong with you. So uh, you had mentioned when you, when you sent these that, uh, you know, most of these passes right here are you guys trying to just get a feel for for launching the car and collect data um and and see how you guys can you know kind of tweak tweak what you got going and improve on it here i'll pull up another one real yep. quick Yeah, that thing's just oh, so nice. <laughs> so nice, man. I'm I'm so jealous. Um, I want to bring up one more, and then I think this one. I think this was one right here. Hang on. Yeah, there you go. So. Um, you got this sticker on the back of your car and when I posted, uh, your car on Instagram, several people commented about it. The, well, what's the, what's the story behind that sticker there? That stands for, uh, a, a slogan, if you will. When I, when I was in the air force, I, I took bombs apart for a living. Oh, wow. right. I built bombs. Um, so that basically, if you look at the sticker, it basically says, if you ain't ammo, which is what they used to call us, you ain't shit. Now the Navy uses it, the Army uses it a little bit, but the Navy and the Air Force are really the people that use it. So when I put that on the car, the first time anybody saw it on the car was in Norwalk. And the number of people that showed up because they saw it as they walked by blew my mind. It, the people that have retired, their uncle was in the uncle was in the military, they knew what it meant. Their dad was in the military, they knew what it went. A couple people that were still in the military knew what it went. So that's where that came from. That's uh it's it's kind of a little it's it's you know you got to know what it is to know what it is type of thing but i was surprised the number of people that knew what that was i got you i got you um yep. we got another question here oh how do i make that smaller no i i'll have to read it to you because i can't get it to display on the screen without with staying within the class guidelines is the drag pack capable of reaching seven five consistently and we'll say maybe not even specifically your car but the the newest drag pack period with you know with, regardless who, who's racing it or driving it all right remember what i said about this year being a testing year mm -hmm. right we've a lot of us and todd you you have and i have and many people probably watching that we've all been in enough cars i've been in enough cars before where the first couple times you drive it, 
you can either tell what's wrong with it or know what you've got. You can start to get a feel pretty quickly with your butt dyno what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right? There's many cars that I've been in that, like Kevin Miles said back in the day running the GT40, that just feel like a bag of squirrels. Right? They're all over the place. They're not set up right. They're not quite there. This is not that car. This car feels like two railroad ties going down the racetrack. It doesn't want to lift. It doesn't want to. It wants to dig. It wants to eat. It wants to go. There is enough power in this car to consistently breach that 7.5 index. I'm telling you, it's there. I can feel it. I like to think I know what the hell I'm talking about. And I'm, I like to think that we're, we can get it where it needs to go. It's just a new platform. It's going to take a little bit of time. This car is a beast. And anybody that says it's not a beast hasn't been there to watch it run or haven't, hasn't even heard it idle yet, right? Well, I mean, yeah. it is, it's a beast. Yeah, and it's there's not very many of them floating around just yet either. So, nope. I mean, it's literally a baby. Uh, it's, you know, yep. it's it's a newborn that will, will take a little while uh, to to fine tune and um you know i mean what happens next before long everybody's running at seven five and then what do you do change the change the class rules or what well like i said remember it's about safety the cage is built for seven five at a max weight of 3600 pounds that's the max weight in the class Mm -hmm. so it's it's the, the, the the class designed around a safety around safety you could make it you can make these cars faster you could put a different cage in them you could you could they can go faster we can tune them up and go faster but this is a seven five index class it's topped out at that for a reason right right um well, it's I, got nine inch tires on it todd the car yeah. runs nine inch tires yeah i mean that's, those are two and a half inches smaller than we run on the demon for crying out loud mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. it's yep. nine inch tires with 1100 plus i'm not going to tell you how much horsepower for real but 1100 plus horsepower yeah I mean, give me a break. How much faster do you want to go? <laughs> right, right. Uh, I'm going to play a couple more little clips here. Uh, All right. Let's see. What do we got here? We played that one. I can't see him, so I'm going by ear. Oh, okay. I got you. Got you in the burnout box here. Nice, meaty, smoky burnout. Let there you go. Yep. Another one pulled up here. Uh, that was at Monster Mopar, I think, for Norwalk. Let's see. Some really cool stuff. Man, I really, you know, seeing one of these run in person is going to be really awesome. All right. This We're is that nice. For- in the left lane? Um... That's in the right lane. Yeah. That is the that is the third that is the third the, the burnout for the third for, uh, full power pass on the car. We did it under the lights at Norwalk during a national event. Nice. Why the hell not? Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see if we got any other good ones here. Um. So here is at night against a Camaro, a blue Camaro. God, the thing just... Yeah, that was the first pass. A little a little slip off the line. We chattered it off the line a little bit. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you could hear it uh, rev up there. What else we got? Let's see here. I think I skipped one. 
No, I guess I, I guess I got all the ones you sent me. Um, all right, so um, in terms of from the the time you said, here's this drag pack, I want to order it, I want to get into the NHRA, was the process of actually, I don't know, um, entering yourself into the NHRA pretty simple. I mean, as far as signing up, obviously you probably got to get your NHRA license, driver license yeah. and, and all that yeah. stuff. But what all is involved for, for somebody who's, you know, not been part of the NHRA to get into where they can actually race at an event? I will obviously being a, a member of the NHRA is the first thing you got to do, right? That's easy. Anybody can do that. What I highly recommend is that there are any number of ways for people to go out and get their get their license, okay? You can go to your local track, you can get a car, you can have somebody show you what, there's a dozen different ways to do it and there's ways to do it that are a little less expensive, but I highly recommend that you go seek out Frank Hawley's website and go take one of his classes to get licensed. It is worth the two days you get to run in a super gas car that'll get your license up to seven or seven five. I forget what it is. I did that two or three years ago, almost as a refresher. Um, Frank teaches you more than just driving the car. It's about finding that Zen place when you're in the car, right? Mm -hmm. It's about, it's about the rules. It's about what you have to do to do it safely, but anybody can go and take the class and come out of that with more than just their race, their race license. It is well worth anything. I don't have Frank Hawley's stickers on my car. He's not a sponsor. It's just one of those things I found over time that I thought was well worth the time it took to do it. I did it in Vegas because I always wanted to run that track and, you know, Vegas was the right place to do it. So, but he does them all over the country. It's well worth doing. Um, I know he just ran a class at Bandemir, um, uh, up and up in the, on the mountain, which is kind of groovy. That would have been a good place to do it too, but I think it's well worth it. Once you're licensed, your signing up to signing up for a race is pretty straightforward. Um, they're going to give you a number. You're going to register for a number. They're going to give you a number pretty quickly. You can select the number and see if it's available. And then they're going to know that this is the first time you raced. You took your car out. They're going to know that. So as Dennis and the guys and Dennis is already running an NHRA event, and so have I. They're going to know that this is your first time with this car. I have experience in NHRA before. But they knew it was the first time in this car, so they sent me off first. They put you right in qualifying. You're the first one out. <laughs> they want to, they, they want you to go first. They don't want you to go with, in the middle of the pack. They want you to go first. They want you to get you out of the way, right? Right. So they they do they do a great job of structuring it. They do a great job of getting you where you want to go. It's not as mad and crazy as as it might seem. They do a good job of running an event. Um, uh. And it's it's pretty straightforward once you do it once you step through it once and if you got questions you call them and they'll 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 help you register and get your car set up and ready to go and let you know what you have to do next so to to be competitive uh, for a season you know i guess it's probably safe to assume that you would have to make it to every uh event for the season yeah. or else you're you're gonna get just missing out on the event you're gonna miss to lose too many points just by not being yep. there and then yep. um, and and not be able to make up for that um from from what you've seen are the majority of the people in this class in it 
every race for the whole season or do you get people just popping in? Uh, yeah, the majority of them are here. Majority of the core people are here for the season. Absolutely. Um, the Janik brothers are here for the season. Okay. Arthur Cohn's here for the season. Obviously, David Barton, and he's got a, David Barton's got a whole squadron of, of cars that he supports. He's probably got six or eight cars that he supports that are in this class. Mm -hmm. We worked with we worked with David's team at the very beginning when we first got the car. Those guys are excellent to work with. They are, I, I can't say enough about them. If I had two cars, I'd send another one to them, right? They're, they're great guys. I gave them some ridiculous timelines and they did everything they could to try and meet those timelines, right? They, they busted their butt to try to get this car moving in the right direction for us. The fact that I'm, I'm running with DSR now is just kind of a happy coincidence. It wasn't like we're out looking for a change. Um, you know, when Don Schumacher calls you at 7.30 at night and asks you what you're going to do with the car and you tell him, and that's kind of the way that goes. You kind of do what Don tells you to do, right? <laughs> so right. I still, to this day, can't figure out if Don asked me if I wanted to join the team or if he told me I was joining the team. And <laughs> one of the... One of these days, I'll figure that out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And for for those who don't know, uh, Schumacher Racing DSR is uh, most known in in our world for Matt Hagen and Leah Pritchett in yep. in, in uh, their respective classes. And um, you're now racing for them, which is huge. So, is there is there any point during the season where you would run against Leah in factory. Oh yeah. Could happen this weekend. Yeah. So you're I mean, on, we, on the same team in the same, same car yep. and yep. It, it can end up to where you guys are racing each other. Yeah. I could end up running Mark. I could end up running Leah. It depends on where we qualify. It depends if, you know, if I can, if we get to qualify, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that for granted. Right. And uh, depends where we qualify on the ladder. Right. It's at that point, it's, 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 it's the ladder. So mm -hmm. we'll see. The goal is to not run Mark or Leah in the first round of eliminations, obviously, right? You, <laughs> yeah. know? <laughs> that, 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 I, you know, that would be that'd be rough. But, you know, listen, if we can get this car to qualify this weekend, there's I think there's 19 or 20 cars. We only qualify 16 at every event. Mm -hmm. um, that's a little different than the NMCA. They, they, everybody qualifies. Everybody goes to the finals in NMCA, which is one of the draws for that, for those events. I understand that. Um, we're uh, we're going to qualify 16. I think there's either 19 or 20. I haven't looked at the list lately. Um, so there'll be three or four of it, three or four cars that won't qualify. And the goal is to qualify. That's my single small little goal for this weekend is to get the car to qualify. I know the team wants it to do more than the qualify, but you know, I let's get the thing into the high sevens and take it from there. This is the test season, and uh, reasonable expectations are not something you usually find at a racetrack, but I try to bring them with me as best I can, right? So. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, I would say every, not every, but most people, once they get to the, the race, you know, to the track, we all turn pretty stupid and unrealistic. Oh yeah. <laughs> I will be tomorrow, don't worry about it. It sounds good tonight, but I'll be very stupid tomorrow. Right, right. Um, so, uh, I know Leah and, uh, I only have, uh, I guess, experience with, you know, I guess being lucky enough to, to tour around like the DSR facilities and, and the DSR 
pit area. So I don't know exactly how all the other teams do it and the other racers do it. I would assume it's very similar, but I know at least uh, that at least Leah, when, you know, obviously the drag pack or the, um, the top fuel cars, you know, they have extra, you know, extra chassis and, you know, five or six extra, you know, full motor. I mean, you go in their trailers and you open a cabinet, like, where's the bowls? Oh no, it's just a 1200, you know, 12,000 horsepower motor in here. My bad. Uh, here's where the bowls right. are. Uh, but I, right. I'm pretty sure she carries at least one motor for the drag pack or if not more, do you, are you carrying extra motors with you or are you just the car? We've, we've, we've got some spares. Yes. Okay. There are some, there's some spare trannies. There's some spare motors. There's some spare torque converters. There's a couple tires laying around. Yeah. We've, We've we've um we've got some spares here. I'm not sure if we could outfit all three cars with spares in one weekend, but there's a, there's enough pieces parts laying around that if somebody gets in trouble, there's some spare parts for sure. Gotcha. Uh, Travis said, "Have you ever participated in a drag racing school?" And he might have posted that right before you were talking about the uh, the NHRA yeah. yep. um, training. But outside of that one, was there any other ones that you'd ever? gone to uh not a drag racing school i've been to laguna seca i've been I've, I've raced the laguna seca from road racing stuff i mean anybody that knows laguna seca man if when first time you come off the top of the hill and down through the corkscrew in a car just kind of melts your brain because it's such a historic track um some road racing some scca stuff very 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 s small amount of that um uh skip barber school for the road racing stuff right i've been to a couple other things i have not been i never did get I have like three or four VIN numbers worth of free passes to what used to be the Bondurant school. Never made it out there. But I did meet the, the Radford guys in Denver while we were out there. Good group of guys. Um, we'll get out there one of these days and run through the class out there. They promised me I could, they promised me I had purchased enough cars that I could go to the class. So we'll see. <laughs> you know, we'll see when that happens. You know, I, I've, you know, driven, you know, I guess compared to it's cars out there, not, I mean, fast-ish cars, right? Um, you know whether on the drag strip or just you know throwing you know throwing a car around in a parking lot or whatever and even i i went to bondurant and i rode well you know you when you go you drive you know you're following there's an instructor leading you and you got a bunch of cars following so you can't go faster than than that person and yep. i until, camper, the, until the until the last day what did we what did we yeah and so um i rode along with what they do a hot lap with one of the instructors and it scared the shit out of me absolute <laughs> shit out of me hang on one second my uh i guess i don't know what you did todd but this time it wasn't me yeah the, it was uh, the, uh it literally just scared the absolute crap out of me uh even after i drove the, the track you know myself in a car the whole day um Anybody who has an SRT definitely should go do that uh, for sure. Uh, let's see here. Can you uh, can you hear me, David? I can hear you, but I can't see you, buddy. Really? Yeah. You can't see me. Nope. What? Big black screen. Want me to reload again just for giggles? Oh, uh, yeah. Stand by one second. Um, and geez. It's all right. We knew we were guinea pigging it tonight. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there you go. I got you. 
I don't know. I don't know why there's three spots here. I don't know what's going on here. Um, I, I think something. Anyways, yeah. So we got a big dead space between us. But um, <laughs> so yeah. So anybody who has an SRT should definitely go check out the now Radford, but um, right. Bondurant School previously uh it's a really cool uh experience you know to, to be able to get out there and, and drive those cars like that because you know if you're not going to a, a track um you don't really have a whole lot of opportunities to you know to get out there with your car and do something like that normally so uh let's see here let's see we got a couple other questions we got the we locks i don't know if you're familiar with those fine folks oh yes um, yes i am <laughs> one of your uh competitors here with a with a copo camaro um yeah. awesome uh pair a duo of people um has DSR had their hands on your drag pack yet, or will Kansas be the first time? I, it seems like they might be trying to figure out how good of a shot they have against you. <laughs> yeah, uh, to, uh, Lindy, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to answer that question because I think I signed a non-disclosure agreement. Um, um, no, they've been, they've had the car for two, almost three weeks. Um, uh, the Monster Mopar event at Norwalk um they sent the um they sent the drag pack trailer the drag pack trailer down with um kevin and aj and we worked with the car at the event uh, i forget what date that was it was just after denver um and then they took the car back with them to indy uh to indy after that event so they've had the car for two or three weeks making small changes they've we, they're, we're trying to they're trying to normalize the cars in in the you know on the team so we made some engine changes we've made some uh the standard you know rear end changes and center sections and stuff like that so yes they have had their hands on the car but no um absent some cookies from your kids at, from the cookie table i'm probably just going to have to not tell you what exactly we've done <laughs> <laughs> uh and and actually um i, I talked to her about um both her and her husband coming on uh, uh, to do uh, some live streams. One, you know, uh, talk about the Copo Camaro. And then, yep. you know, she also, you know, recently started drag racing and, and started with, uh, you know, our first pass into Demon. So I think it's a, a really neat uh, story that, you know, people would also enjoy hearing. And um, so we'll be hopefully getting those guys on soon as well. Um, coming up here in the near future, hopefully, they you guys don't become uh you know rivals till death between now and then um <laughs> let's see here i'm gonna go i'm gonna put a question up here for you to answer and while you're answering it i'm gonna go run and get another battery for my my camera here so right. will dsr be giving you your own hauler or is that a multi-year deal kind of thing i'll be right back you got it we've got um we've obviously got three cars now right um, I'm currently talking to you from my coach. We brought my coach and my trailer out to this event because it was so quick and it was already set up and ready to go. Um, logistics is a huge part of this, right? So part of the part of the deal with DSR is um, the logistics um, 
to get the cars back and forth. So we've got to figure out how many cars we're toting and which, how we're toting them back and forth. We will be, um, they, they are, they are, they already are, and they will continue to, to be moving my car around the country. If, if that's the question, absolutely. Um, for the next, for the immediate future, maybe the rest of this year, we'll, um, we'll use my trailer and coach just to get things put back together. So we know what we're doing for next year. Um, I see Travis has got a question on here too. Do you have a, uh, future aspirations to get into higher classes and faster cars um i think we all do travis i think everybody does i have some other projects that we're working on um some of those projects may require less gasoline than we're currently using and some of those and another one of those projects may be cars that run on salt not as power but on the salt Right, so we've got a couple other projects we're working on. Whether uh, my aspirations progress up into faster cars inside NHRA is yet to be seen, but we do have other quote-unquote stuff that we're working on. Um, all right. we took care of Travis's question while you were gone too. Oh, okay, cool deal. <laughs> uh, the f aspirations of yeah, yeah, gotta, gotta. Um, the Wheelocks, awesome. Hopefully you'll come out moving in Kansas. There we go. Now we're full screen. Finally. All right. Cool. Um, uh, so another question from Travis here. Do you prefer drag racing or uh, road uh, road racing? It's quite a different, uh, I guess, yep. two totally different animals. Um, that I think you could probably enjoy both. But I mean, what's your you've you've done a lot of both. So what's your opinion? I've done enough of both to know that I enjoy both. I've also done enough of both to realize that you kind of got to pick one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest with you. If there was a, if there was closer than mid Ohio, a track that I could run on on a regular basis, I would probably be running road. There's just not something convenient to where I'm at in Cleveland to do that. Now, uh, Nelson Ledges has just opened up again. I know the people that run that, the the legend, the the, the Ledges Road Course. That's a very historic track. Um, don't tell me I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I was tempted to go out there and do some laps and I've been invited to do that. But I've kind of hung my hat on the quarter mile stuff. So that's what we're going to keep on, keep on keeping on, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and it's a, you know, for most people, you can, you can get, you can last minute decide to get in, you know, Friday afternoon. It's like, shoot, what the heck? Let's, you know, let's cruise over the, the drag strip and, um, Go race tonight and, and pay 15 bucks or 20 bucks, or maybe if there's an event going on, you know, some kind of entry fee, it's relatively cheap. And, you know, it's easy to, to just get in and start doing it. I, I think, you know, the road racing stuff is a lot more expensive. It takes a lot more planning, a lot more car prep and that kind of stuff. Yep. And it's a little harder probably to make that your first um entry into racing i guess maybe um I, I definitely don't think it's as as easy and simple to just you know 
I don't think you could last minute just roll up to, uh, you know, to, to make a, you know, a race at Barber or something on the weekend. I mean, um, they have all kinds of stuff from, you know, you have to ride along with instructors first and, and, you know, just brakes and brake fluid and, and tires and all that stuff. And even the, the, um, you know, the fee to get into race is a lot more expensive. Yep. And, um, I, I think yes, the SPCA does a, does a really good job of putting rookies where they need to be and teaching people how to get where they're gonna go and they put streetcar classes in place and they can move you through the process for sure. Yeah. It's it's a very well structured based on safety again like everything else. They do a great job with it. But it's it's I don't know, it's not a cost thing, it's not an expense thing. It's just you know, it's we go street light to street light, man. That's what we've been doing our entire lives, right? right. So, you know, I, I don't like to turn left or right. I mean, that's Lindy will tell you she doesn't like to turn right either, right? Yeah. We know that. Nobody likes to turn right. Yeah. So that's what we do. A uh, quick little shameless plug here for my 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 man, Coach B Stocks. I started the stream out earlier mentioning, you know, the whole, you know, uh, thought process behind me starting to do live stream with you know you know these really cool individuals from the community uh you know came from tar hill and coach b stocks so again if anybody's interested in, in learning about stocks and you're an idiot like me and don't you know don't know much about them they have a lot of, of great videos on teaching people you know um you know from, from total noob up to you know getting you know in-depth and detailed and uh, it's been real helpful. I've learned a lot. I'm glad I found them. And uh, yeah, so check them out if you're, what is the problem with this thing? Edit overlay text. So I got another message here from the Wheelock family. I don't know why it won't pull up. How challenging was it to get Constant Aviation as the class sponsor? We are thankful for the new sponsor, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. We're, we're I personally am, am shocked and I know the and the company is just we're we're happy happy as happy as punch pleased as punch whatever the right phrase is that we're doing it. Um, it's I'll give you the I'll give you the ten thousand foot story real quick because it's kind of groovy. Um, we have been talking to Brad Brad and Andrew at the NHRA about doing something with the NHRA for I don't know a couple two or three months. Um, we as a company had done some work with Thor Racing and sponsored some NASCAR, some crap, some truck series stuff a few years back. And we were looking for, we were looking for our niche. Now, Constant Aviation is an MRO. And MRO stands for maintenance, repair, and overhaul. Okay? We work on planes. Okay? We work in garages like you see like you see Todd's in right now. Our our mechanics, our avionics technicians work in garages. We work in hangars. We work on planes, right? So we were looking for something that was a little that would fit that that um, that mold, so to speak. So, like I said, we were talking to him for a couple months, and the weekend before the Modern Street Hemi Shootout event in, at VMP this year, earlier in the year, um, I got an email that said that the Showdown class was looking for a sponsor. Now, first, I'm surprised. And second of all, I'm thinking it's Gainesville's already happened. We're between Gainesville and Houston at this point, right? So how did they start the season without a sponsor? I was shocked. So 
I was busy. I didn't have time to get back to him on the phone right away. But on the, on the drive from Cleveland to VMP, I got him on the phone. I talked to Andrew at the NHRA, and we worked through the details a little bit. And then I made another phone call to my team as I was getting to, to, to the racetrack and talked to them about what the opportunity was. And we talked back and forth Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday night at the racetrack, we got the larger team on the phone and we put the deal together and we had the bullet points together and over to the attorneys that night. So it's kind of a groovy thing that the opportunity popped up and we were able to put the whole deal together at a racetrack, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's kind of a groovy thing, right? So then the attorneys chewed on it for two weeks like attorneys will always do. And um, we got it signed and we had about three weeks to maybe a little less than a month prior to Houston to kick it off. So it wasn't difficult to do. Um, it was an opportunity that popped up in front of us and I just made sure we didn't miss it because I thought it was, um, it was, it was the right sponsorship for the right company. And you know, those guys in the sales office at NHRA, they're no dummies, right? They knew I was getting a car. They knew the drag pack was coming in. So they, they knew who they were talking to. <laughs> so they, it was a target of opportunity. We were a target of opportunity for them as much as this was an opportunity for us. And it's worked really well. They're a great group of people to work with. I've done enough sponsorships and, and um, collaborations with other organizations to know, just like driving a car, you know if the car is worth a damn after the first couple minutes that this team at NHRA does a really good job. Brad's team there, the entire uh, sponsorship team there does a great job supporting us and a great job keeping us in line when we ask for some crazy stuff. Hell, I pitched the bounty program to them before we had the agreement done, right? We were already, we knew what we wanted to do. So they, they, they did their best to keep up with us and then also make sure that we do things in the right order. They're so, probably like, wait, somebody that wants to give us more money than normal? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they, they, it's been, it's been a good run and they're very supportive. I talk to those guys at, at least once a week, every week about something or another. We got some very interesting, surprising things that we're trying to put together for next year as well. So inside, inside of the, the factory stock class. So we're, um, we're already working on next year as we wind out this year. Right on. We have a, you have a volunteer pit crew team member, <laughs> Gregory Smith. Uh, yeah. There you go. I, I'm sure you could probably find a couple people that would be willing to uh, come out and and help. Uh, you know, just just to just to get in there and and, and just breathe the breathe got the a, bells and uh, hear the sounds and are getting a drag pack. They just actually went through the, the they took my advice and went through the the Frank Hawley School to get their both of them to get their licenses. Um, and they're actually going to show up this weekend. I happen to have some tickets laying around for NHRA events, so they're going to show up and um, help us this weekend as well. Um, would you, or are you planning... Oh, crap, we lost him again. This dang... This is dang, that dang track Wi-Fi. All right, there you go, there you go. Um... Uh, I was just saying, are you planning or do you think you could or will bring the car to any of the uh, modern street Hemi races or anything like that? Are you going to be tied up, too tied up with doing, you know, main HRA stuff? No, absolutely we will. Um, 
uh, we're gonna try. We're gonna make. We're, we're, we're actually gonna try and make the uh, NMCA. This is a, a. Here's a scoop. All right. Here's the first first people to ever hear to hear this. We're gonna try to make the NMCA event at Norwalk here in a couple weeks, as well. Um, it's practice. It's seat time, right? So this this is about what we're trying to do. And that'll get us set up, prepped up for Indy the following weekend, right? So we're gonna run run that right into Labor Day. Um, we are gonna make the uh, Legion of Demons event at Houston Raceway Park in January. Um, that might be the last time we get to run at Houston Raceway Park. If most most of you probably already know, the, the property's been sold, so we're going to take advantage of that. Um, there is a Modern Street Hemi Shootout versus the World that I think Dan Van Horn is trying to put on in December at Rockingham, which, by the way, is kind of Modern Street Hemi's home court. That's right. the home track, so that's a great place. I love that track. I've had good luck there. I love the history of the track. Used to be an airport, by the way. If anybody doesn't know. Um, um, so we're going to make that as well. NASCAR, right? Yeah. The, the, the drivers and the team owners used to land there and go across the street to run at the rock. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you go down to the big end, if you look at my Instagram profile, selfish plug, if you go down to the, go down to the, to the big end, you can still see the runway numbers painted on the, if you go all the way down to the end of the end of the track. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, we'll make, we'll, we'll make them as we can. Um, we're getting our logistics together and, and getting the team put together. This is all fresh with, uh, with DSR. So there's a lot of jumping through hoops going on, but yeah, we are absolutely going to get the car out to more than just NHRA events. It's just, um, it's just, we're just, we're scrambling right now as, as we, I'm scrambling, getting used to working with a team. I mean, Todd, how many years have we done this where we've been, we've done all the work, right? Yeah. Now I've got now my biggest one of my biggest challenges is stepping back and realizing I've got AJ here, I've got Kevin here, I've got Jason here, I've got a team here working on this car. So sometimes the best thing I can do is just stay the hell out of their way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> let let the uh, wizards wave their wands, and uh, you know you show up like Axl Rose with your uh, your, oh, yeah. star, your you Starbucks know. and get in the car and <laughs> yeah. exactly. No, I mean fly in and drive, man. Fly in and drive. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Wheelock said, um, did you find it challenging to drive the drag pack versus the demon? I think that's a, a, a really cool question because uh, it's, you know, they're both challengers. Uh, they're both production cars. So, you know, how, how different can it be, right? But I'm sure it's, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a great question and, and I had, a, I had just enough experience outside of the demons to, to kind of know what you're getting into. You don't really know what you're getting into until you put your butt in the seat and you start the car and you go, right? So you can feel it. Um, the car is easier to drive than the demon. Yeah. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. It's easier to drive than the demon. It doesn't, it's, it's, the demon has the independent rear suspension, right? Which makes the back end bounce around a little bit. We all know what that feels like. Um, the demon is 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 softer. Um, the suspension is set up differently. It's a different platform. It's a different animal altogether. It's almost impossible to compare the two, except in my garage, they're both black. <laughs> right. So that's about it. Um, it is. It's a challenger. You can tell it's a challenger. It's a narrow body Hellcat. You know what it is when you're in it. It is a. It's a big, wide car. Right, it's a boulevard cruiser, just like a Challenger is supposed to be. It's not a pony car, technically. Um, I think the drag pack, in a lot of ways, is easier to drive than the Demon. I think it's easier to go down the racetrack than the Demon. 
Um, it will fight you in different ways. It's got some nuances to it you have to keep your pay attention to, but I think it's actually technically probably easier to drive than the Demon is. And I got a feeling that I, I think the wheel locks know that. I think the Demons, I think the Copo is probably easier to drive. And a lot of it's got to do with the suspension in the back of it, right? The independent rear suspension. Yeah, so um, for uh, for those who don't know, uh, the Wheelocks, they have uh, two drag packs, or not drag yep. packs. Sorry, sorry to disrespect you, <laughs> folks. Uh, that's like the ultimate. Hey, that was, that was Todd. Not, not, I had nothing You're to right. do with that. They have two Copo Camaros um, that they, they both race, husband, wife, uh, which is really cool. Um, and, you know, I think that they're, um, you know, they, their, uh, I guess, approach to it is probably closest to what most people out there could could do um, in terms of, you know, they, they, I mean, their husband, wife, you know, kids, jobs, um, and, you know, they just go in and, and try to get money together before the season to go, you know, running and, you know, then doing it with one car is already tough. Throw two cars in there. Um, yep. You know, so props to, you know, props to them on that. Uh, we got Van Horn here, uh, Speak of the Devil, Minor Street Hemi, Shootout is here. Experience of a lifetime. A whole community is cheering you on. Um, and uh, if anybody watching is not aware of what Modern Street Hemi Shootout is, it's really the only uh, that I can think of full race series that's just dedicated to our cars. Um, uh, an incredible series that can, you know, pretty much has a place for everybody in there. Um, great community and you know he's been doing you know putting this race together for years and years now listening to people bitch and complain for years and years now <laughs> and it's successful a lot of people go to it it's a it's a great event and um you know you can go there you can be slow you can mess up nobody's gonna you know nobody's gonna look down on you um and you know, for, for a lot of people, you know, trying to do NMCA um, is tough and intimidating. And, and a lot of the NMCA events are just so jam packed. It's it's hard to get, you know, you know, just dealing with, with all that stuff because, you know, it's more focused on some of the, you know, the bigger classes and bigger, uh, more pro racers. And, uh, but yeah, if anybody, you know was unaware that this thing exists that this thing even existed i don't know how because I've, I've mentioned it so many times but it's a great it's a really a great thing that that the guy you know dan and you know the guys from his yep. team have put you know put all their heart and soul into over the over the years and yep. uh, up until not too long ago before nmca came out with the uh you know the couple classes there for the for our cars it's really literally the only really you know, full season type of racing we had. So, um, you know, or get in the NHRA with factory stock. Um, so I hope that, uh, you know, we see a couple drag packs um, at some at some modern street races. Uh, that would be, that would be really cool. Really cool. Yeah, I think we will. I mean, anybody watching this or that re-watches it later, um, if you've got a Gen 3 Hemi and you want to, or Gen 3, car and you want to um and you've ever thought about taking it out to a race jack just go to go to hemirace.com look at the schedule find the one closest to you they run a rookie class 
everybody there will help you get your card on the track. Everybody there will help you figure out what the heck it is you do. You do. Nobody's going to put any pressure on you. You're going to do what you want to do. You're going to have some fun with it. And I bet you money you're back for another one. They do a really good job. Um, and and Dan's got the and Dan and Andy and the rest of the guys there that run this thing have got the patience of Job. Yeah. My God. Yeah. My God. They put up with a stock demon class for two or three years. I mean, <laughs> nobody in their right mind should have had. We shouldn't have had that class to begin with, right? Um, I mean, trying to police all the things they police and make sure everybody's happy and put the right classes in place and deal with people who have never raced before. The rookie class is fantastic, man. It's it's all you got to do is show up and raise your hand and say you're a rookie and they're going to pull you aside and and put you in a separate class by yourself with other people that have raced for the first time. And it's really, it's, it's really, it's really a, a, an excellent opportunity for anybody that's ever considered, you know, hitting that loud pedal and sending their car hurtling down the track. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, like you said, the patience of a, I don't know how Dan hasn't stabbed somebody. Oh gosh. Are you kidding me? Some of us, (laughs) and some of us are really just, you know, just, Hey man, we're a lot of work. Right. Yeah. We're a bunch of <laughs> Axl Rose divas. I mean, um, yeah. And, but, but that's, you know, in general, um, you know, the, the <laughs> at, at the actual races and stuff, there's very little uh, drama and everybody's really helpful. And, you know, you see guys lending each other hands all the time. And, uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, you know, one question for you is, You know, is there for for somebody who um, I guess is you know we call it, you know I guess someone say someone like Dan, um, you know, with his car, um, or or some of the other guys that race at you know at Modern Street Hemi. Is there anywhere in NHRA where any car like that can actually participate? Oh yeah, it can. They can probably find a slot that their car fits into in the sportsman classes and be competitive. Right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, guy. I mean, come on. There's guys coming out here making a living running ten seconds all day long. Mm-hmm. Right? They got bracket classes they run in. I mean, maybe not a heads up class, which is what a lot of us like to run in. But there's probably there's a class out there for just about every type of car that's out there. Right. Right. Now, the faster you get, the more restrictive the classes get. Right. So. I don't have the book in front of me, but I'd be surprised if there's, you know, if there's not a class for just about everybody's everybody that's built a car out there. Now, there's going to be some safety requirements. They're going to put, they're going to make, they probably make them change a few things. They're going to make take a look at how the car is built. There's a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of things that maybe they don't want to deal with, and they'd rather just go to the go to a uh, enjoy their car and go out and have a good time with it, and not have to not have to play with play with the the rule book, so to speak. But yeah, there's a place for just about everybody out there, either. In, in in the NHRA for sure, or not for sure, but probably depending on how much you want to tweak your car. And then obviously, you know, the modern street hemi shootout guys follow the NHR rules in regards to speed and licensing and protective gear and that type of stuff and the way and cages and and all that. Especially in New so, Jersey. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, they never give me any grief in New Jersey. I've ran the Demon. We've been nine. We've been high nine sevens with the Demon in New Jersey with no cage. And for whatever reason, they just. They've never given me any grief there at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've had I've had pretty good luck at Atco. I love that track. It's a it's a, a great track, and they're you know I, I'm I'm in the south, and uh, you know 
New Jerseyans, I don't know what you call them. They're, uh, you know, they're interesting, totally different type of, you know, personality and cultures in a lot of what you find, you know, down here, but it's, yeah. it's always a trip going, you know, going up north to, you know, the races like that and stuff. But do you think that, um, I guess for if someone wanted to consider participating in a full season of NHRA or, or realistically for that case, modern street Hemi shootout. Um, what do you think? I, I mean, some people say, and, and someone mentioned this on Facebook that, you know, running the NHRA is millionaire racing and, you know, some of the classes like top fuel and, and, and funny car. And I'm sure a lot of them, you know, that is true when you got three or four tractor trailers hauling stuff and you got teams flying around and you got, you know, six motors in your trailer and extra chassis and, you know, your tires are a thousand bucks a piece and you have to, you know, thrash in between rounds and completely strip down and rebuild your motor. Sure. Um, and, and I had talked to uh, Lindsay about this um, before. What do you think it, a reason for someone that had any interest in doing that to make it through a season, which, you know, what do you think a season is, depending on where Modern Street or NMCA or NHRA or whatever, you know, 8, 10, 11, 12 races, somewhere around there. Um, how, what kind of money do you think you would need at minimum for a basic, just a one car, no extra motors, no, you know, you know, crazy, uh, you know, mo mobile homes and, and semi trucks and all that stuff to just to, you know, we're talking, you know, consumables such as fuel and tires, um, entry fees. And then, you know, obviously, uh, you know, your travel time and stuff, you're going to be driving. So what do you think realistically someone could do? what it would take to do something like, let's say I wanted to take my demon and go run in one, whatever class I could fit it in, in the NHRA. Um, you know, I, I feel like you could, again, no experience because I've not done it. I've not gone and ran a season in NHRA, but I feel like somewhere around 10 to $15,000, you could probably make it through the season. Now, if you wrecked, if you blew a motor or blew a transmission, you're, you know, you're done. You're not going to be able to be competitive season wide, but do you think it's safe to say that you could probably somewhere in that range, make it through a whole season? Yeah, I would say probably, you, you know, using the, just using the demon as an example or any, any street car type model that doesn't have any, any crazy safety equipment or any, any high end stuff. I, I'd say 30 grand is probably a good, a good guess. And that's fuel, tires, spark plugs, oil changes, you know, consumables, entry fees, transportation, a little bit of transportation costs and stuff there too, probably. But, and like you said, the minute you blow a diff out or the minute you hurt your engine, then you're in trouble, right? But I think you're probably right, 20 grand, maybe 30 grand, depending on, you know, depending on how many how many rear tires you go through, maybe. Maybe you go through three or four sets and we all know those get, those get kind of pricey. Yeah, you're, you're going to want to protect your engines. You're probably going to do an oil change and plug changes after every event. Though that gets kind of pricey. I mean, you're 16 plugs and oil, and I'd say that's probably pretty close. You're you're 30 on the top, 30 on the high end, maybe, just to have enough cushion so you don't get you don't get hurt by something happening unexpected. Right. Uh, what the heck's going on here? Um. So. 
Something I forgot to even ask is, what fuel are you guys running in the drag pack? And are you allowed to change that? Well, what we learned, what we learned fairly early on, those of us that didn't want to tune their demon, is the only thing that we could adjust was the fuel, right? So everybody's got their secret sauce, right? Everybody's got the sauce that they like to run and the tuners have their sauce they like to tune to and that's all well and good. And it really based, it was really based on the altitude of the track and the amount of oxygen available, right? Fundamentally, those are the two biggest variables. That's something we don't have, we can't play with, with the drag pack, all right? We run, we're running um, non-oxygenated fuel and they test the fuel after just about every pass. So we're either running C16 right now or C25, depending on the, the sauce of the day, depending on where we're at. Right. So they don't, they don't, you don't have the option to, to jump nope. a whole lot. No, they, 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 there's a, there's approved fuels. Those are the ones we have to use. Sunoco's got an approved one. VP's got an approved one. Um, there's, there, there's different, 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 uh, fuels, but they're all approved. They're basically non-oxygenated guys. These, this is leaded fuel. This is old school dead dinosaurs, right? This is, this is leaded fuel, no oxygen. There's no O2 in it. And they, they check it, they test it because that's, we all know a little more O2 in the fuel helps these engines a little bit, right? So yeah, from from a driver standpoint, um, have do you, have you felt you know the the modern street events, NMCA events, um, tests and tunes, and and all these little you know the legions of demon, um, you know, and all these you know random uh, events that a lot of a lot of us have gone to. There is a lot of people there because there's usually a lot of racers there, um, but you don't have a huge grandstand full of you know audience, um, you know that have paid money for tickets to come sit there and, and watch people blow tires off all day. And you know, I would say depending on the event, you know, attendance may vary, but I would think that most NHRA races are probably going to be your best have the highest um, spectator attendance. I don't know for sure, mm -hmm. but I would just assume. Is it any mentally or, or, or anything more nerve wracking pulling up there with just that many more people there watching you and, and cause it's one thing to be at a track and you know, you got a bunch of racers there watch you mess up. They're like, oh yeah, I know what he did. I know why it happened. You know, I've done that before. But you know, you show up to like, you know, Bristol, where you got a bunch of hillbillies with three teeth and you mess up, they're gonna, you know, they're not gonna know. So, I mean, does it put pressure on you to know that you got, you got all these people with their eyes on you, whereas before, you know, you didn't quite have that at, you know, a lot of the races, you know, in, in series? I like the crowd. I, I, I don't notice the crowd when you're in the car, when you pull up to the line, I'm, I, I honestly can tell you, I don't notice the crowd, but when you're in staging and you know, you got a crowd up there, I seem to do better when, it, when the stands are full, right? My timing's better. My, uh, my approach to the tree is better. My performance seems to be better when the, when the, when the stands are full. So I don't notice them as I pull through the tunnel up to do the burnout necessarily. I notice them when I'm, I notice the crowd when I'm in staging. I notice the crowd when I'm not running. I can see who's there. I think anybody can tell you that. But I, it's more than just 
certain tracks are obviously better. You, you, a lot of a lot of us will gel to a certain track better than better than some other tracks. But I like I like people in the stands. I like running at night. I like running under the lights. I like people in the stands. Yeah. And um, and then when that happens, then lately I've been getting some lectures from Kevin Helms because I also like to do the I like to show John Force how to do burnouts, and they don't really like me doing that. Yeah. As much. Right. Right. As they um, as they used to let me do that. So. Well, I mean that's a, that's the perfect uh, you know stage to do it on though, right? You know, that's the perfect stage to do it on. Ah, uh, we got disconnected again. All right, he'll be right back, everybody. All there you right, go. There we go. There we go. So I told you, um, you know that. I definitely wanted to um, you know, do this again with you after you know you guys got the car fine-tuned and are up and running and you know got a good feel for you know actually ripping through all day long and you know hopefully going rounds um, so I, I still do want to uh, you know do that when when that time comes I don't know if that'll be at the end of this season or, or not but um I'm trying to think what else, you know, if you if you if you have any other, I guess, wisdom to share for anybody drag racing that um, actually before we get to that, Mike says how uh, old school drag racing was about what you could get away with, how much cheating goes in this class or it's heavily uh, moderated. It's hard to be sneaky. I would, I would think it's probably pretty, pretty hard to get stuff by, isn't it? It's 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 hard to get stuff by, but Mike's Mike's right. I mean, it's like, it, listen, the minute the rule book was laid out, people try to find out how to get around the rules. Yeah, yeah. It's simple as that. I mean, if, if there's rules, there's going to be people trying to figure out how to get around the rules. Right. You hear? You, you can go to NHRARacer.com and see the fines that are leveled. They they announce the fines. They tell they 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 give you a ten thousand foot view of what happened and why it happened. Sometimes it's a safety issue where somebody doesn't arm their fire bottle and they catch it post-race. Sometimes it's somebody using the wrong pistons. Sometimes it's somebody not running an alternator belt like they're supposed to. Sometimes somebody's taking something out of the car that's supposed to be there. It happens. Um, I have, you know, I'm, I'm not being, I'm trying not to be very political about it. I'm also the, 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 the sponsor of the class, right? So I want the rules enforced. Right. Right? Um. But the, the, the tech team at NHRA does a really good job. They know when a car goes down the track and something's not right. It's really hard to fool these guys. Right. Right. They can tell. If that car's been running 797979 and all of a sudden it pulls a 775 or something silly like that, that might set off some red alarms somewhere. I mean, it might set off some alarm bells, right? So it, it's a good group of guys. They're through the pits all the time. I talk to them all the time. I ask them questions about the car since it's a new car, and I want to make sure that what we're do what I what I think I can do, I can do, and I want them to see the car so they're familiar with it, right? And you know, everybody thinks we're at war with the tech team, and it's really not that. They're there to keep us safe primarily, and they're there to enforce the rules that are in the books. I mean, whether you agree with them or not, the rules are there. And yes, is there some sneaky stuff going on? Hell yeah, there is. Don't let anybody tell you there's not, but. Most of the time, people get people get smacked. <laughs> well, um, uh, 
we've been on for quite a while here and I don't want to tie up yeah. a lot more of your evening and I appreciate every single uh, bit of all the info you've shared and like I said I, I, I hope we can do this again uh, and, and kind of get an update from you on what's been going on and um, absolutely um, obviously people can find out um, kind of follow along with you through you know either your you know your your personal in, you know your Instagram page or through DSR um, and one thing I just, I guess, wanted to just kind of give you the, the podium here. If you had any wisdom to anybody who might be interested in going from just being a, a dude with a, you know, a Hellcat or a demon or something or a grassroots racer that wanted to go to the next level. Um, you know, if you had any words of wisdom of, you know, what to do, what not to do, what to expect, what not to expect. I mean, um, you know, I, I kind of want to give hope, hope in with, with doing these videos that, um, you know, we can give people some knowledge and, and, and just help, um, you know, we're, we're getting a new generation of people, you know, coming up, um, and, you know, to, to just kind of give some people some, you know, it's the information age, you give them some information and, and, uh, you know, help people along and help the community. So, any any words of wisdom you can throw out to anybody who might be trying to seek down just something beyond you know doing testing tunes and you know the racing in Mexico. <laughs> racing in Mexico, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, the, primarily it's just you know I don't want to sound like a I don't want to sound like a bloody Nike commercial man, but just do it. All right, if it's something you want to do, take your street car out and go to a modern street Emmy shootout event. All right, if you like doing that and you go to two or three events and you want to work your way up the food chain, do the research, talk to people, find out what they're doing, find out what the next move is, find out what they want to do, what you want to do. It may not be factory stock. Maybe you want to do something else. There's gas cars and super gas. There's all kinds of, and, you know, and, and uh, Pro Street, there's all kinds of different classes. Find out what you want to do. And then when you find out what it is you want to do, since we're specifically talking about racing, Go to Frank's school, get your license, talk to Frank, have him run you down the track so you feel comfortable with what it is you're doing. And if you still want to do it at that point, you know, there's a lot of baby steps you can take before you jump in the deep end. I did when we knew we were getting the car and I knew I was going to run it in factory stock. I went out and asked a bunch of people and I talked to a bunch of people. I even took one of Megan Myers' uh, sponsorship classes, promotion classes that she offers, all right? She does a great job with that. I run, I have a marketing team at Constant Aviation. I have a pretty good idea on how to get from point A to point B in that, in that, in that area. But this is a new, a new challenge. And I wanted to make sure I understood what the challenge was. And one of the things that I took away from that class, which I already knew, but I was really happy that Megan made a big point about it, was just don't inactivity, inactivity, inactivity will kill you. Don't, it doesn't have to be perfect, right? If you're building, if you're putting a promo together, you're putting a deck together, you're putting a website together, you're trying to launch your racing career, don't wait till it's perfect. Otherwise, you'll never get it done. Mm -hmm. Get out there and start it and get it done. You can always change stuff downstream. Don't be afraid to just start and just do it. I know that sounds like a Nike commercial, but that's actually what you got to do. Everybody is, a. It, it's, there's a lot of tension and there's a lot of fear in in how people will perceive you or what you want to do or am I doing it right? Am I going to get laughed at and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's there, but you're not going to fix it if you don't do it. 
Right. So just get out and do it and find people that'll help you get it done. I didn't go into this thinking I was going to be running. I like to call him Mr. Schumacher because every time I say that, he tells me to call him Don. Right. I, I, I can't not call him Mr. Schumacher. I didn't go into this thinking I was going to be running for DSR. I didn't. But when the opportunity came up, you know, what are you supposed to do? You right. know, you got to take the opportunity when it comes to you. Yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't have that opportunity if I didn't just get out and do it. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. There you go. That's I, about the that's about the most prophetic thing I can tell you right now. Yeah. Well, I definitely appreciate uh, all the wisdom you shared, all the info you shared, coming on and doing this, being the first one, um, suffering through some connection issues here and all that. And uh, like Dan said, we're definitely uh, cheering you on to get out there and and you know kick some ass and you know be safe, all that stuff, and uh, you know appreciate you know the of being able to follow oh are you kidding me <laughs> there we go speaking of connection issues um definitely appreciate you know appreciate uh watching someone go from you know from grassroots to you know being being in the pros and um you know to to just like you said, just just getting out there and doing it. And I, I personally think that, um, you know, getting in and running a series like that is uh, something that is achievable for a lot of people. Going it to, is. you know, a top fuel dragster, not so much. Running right. in the factory stock class or some of these other, you know, similar classes. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people are um, scared or turned off about, um, I'm trying to get into that because that they couldn't do it so um you know and, and so i think that keeps some people shied away from doing it and um so yeah so hopefully we can i don't know it sound cheesy but you know kind of give some people some tools to get out there and do it and um you you obviously are living it and have info to share with us and knowledge and stuff so i appreciate that appreciate everybody that hung out asked questions and and tuned in and watched and anybody that watches it as it remains uh on the channel so um definitely um you know keep keep hammering at it and um you know keep keep everybody posted we'll be cheering for you and uh when you're when you're ready to get back on here and and talk about some more stuff you know and and we'll, we'll get together and do it man absolutely thanks for having me thanks for letting me do it from the racetrack it's kind of groovy to be able to do this from from the track itself, and um, even with the connection issues, I think it was a, I think it was a groovy thing, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you real soon. All right, later on. All right, see you guys.